Good morning, everybody. This is Wendy Nystrom with Environmental Social Justice. Today, I have a very unique guest. I have the founder of The Hard Market, which is an Instagram site. So welcome, Hard Market. Thank you. And you keep yourself incognito out of respect for your viewers because they share quite a bit of significant, important information. And out of respect for them, you you keep your identity secret and you keep their identity secret. Is that true? Absolutely. Yeah, and they share some very important things with you. Um, for the most part, it's funny memes about insurance and you know work comp issues and dumb things people do. But then there are a couple of really good golden nuggets that you have in there. Um, one I saw was there was a kid being interviewed for an insurance carrier, I believe. And part of his relocation package, he asked that a car be purchased for his girlfriend. And that was um, really? That was and, wild. And, and that I think was, was that one of the craziest things you've seen that someone said to you? Um, Probably. That one was, um, I think it was part of, I put up on the stories, you know, tell me the craziest thing that you've heard in an interview, whether somebody interviewing you or you're interviewing somebody. And people kind yeah. of wrote in with the usual, you know, being made to wait for two hours or, you know, the person didn't even ask a single question in the interview, just talked the whole time. Yeah. Typical stuff like that. But I got a couple of wild ones, but the one you brought up is, I think, one of my favorites. Uh, and I can't remember who told me that, but it was something to do with they were interviewing people for a new office they were going to open and they wanted to interview some executive or some client executives kid and and uh -huh. so it's like you'd be hiring him in one city and immediately shipping him to another and in order to convince his girlfriend to go they needed to buy her a car i think it was they had to buy her a car um and they ended up actually just lumping in the cash like an extra couple grand or something in the move package and they had to do it and it was one of those things where it came in a flood of other things so i didn't really get to sometimes i'm so tempted to just shut it down and go wait a second i need to, i need to interview this person alone and find out the details yeah. but you know that that's all they said they said they had to hire him and they gave him a lump of an extra five grand and then this dude's girlfriend got a car and that's not normal just so people understand in the hiring process when someone's job hunting they're often lowballed they're often you know of course the employer is going to yeah. try to get as much out of them for as little as possible so this kind of an attitude is is that unique to the insurance industry or would you say that that's kind of just corporations in general i think it's normal when like a kid comes into any industry with a connection like his okay. dad told him that he he had this job. Like the, the conversation between the person who was interviewing that person's boss and this kid's father or mother would have had a conversation before either of them walked in the room. He was already hired. The interview was a formality. So that's because it's not so much they gave him the money for the car. I mean, whatever you can roll over if you want. It's that he asked for it. Yeah. Like I can't imagine the balls it would take to ask for something like that. I can I can see it happening. I personally I I've kind of witnessed similar mentalities, and unfortunately, it's out there. It really is. Um, we we were talking about this offline. Yes. In that you know I've seen a lot of I've seen and heard a lot of things from the site and in my own insurance career that are pretty mind blowing. But I don't I've not been fortunate or misfortunate enough to have seen the really egregious stuff. Most of it, as I was we were talking about earlier, is it, more subtle. 
you know, yeah. you don't realize until six months later, like, wait a second, the last 10 people that have been hired have been, you know, connected in some way, or wait a second, I was supposed to be promoted and I wasn't. And, you know, I've kind of been talked around in circles and actually this and this has gone wrong. Like I, I, you tend to realize it later. It's, it's the subtle things that they kind of drag you along until it's th two, three years later and you realize you waste your time. That's yeah. where I've ended up a lot in my career. I've not been fortunate enough to see the really crazy shit, like somebody coming in and saying, give my girlfriend a car. <laughs> I should try that. You know, you should. I mean, why not? If someone's asking for it, maybe it's happened in the past. And maybe if you never know, can't well, that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing when they talk about gender pay gap or not even just gender personality pay gap. So people who are less outspoken, less oh, yeah. confrontational, you know, getting paid less. And it's because they don't want to argue or be seen to be difficult or, or what, whatever the reason might be. The criticism is always, well, yeah, but they just have to ask for it. Well, you know, it's not really like that, but, you know, we should all just try. We should all just go in this pay review season, which I absolutely will be publishing yes. um, in a more organized fashion, which is going to piss everyone off. But we should absolutely all go into our bosses and just ask for crazy shit. Just ask That's for insane of... things. And, and we're not going to get it, but my God, maybe they'll meet us in the middle. Maybe instead of asking for 10, ask for 30 and they'll give you 10. That's actually um, what I liked about this website, your um, Instagram page, Hard Market. Um, you give young kids advice on what yes. to ask for in their job. You, you know, when kids says, hey, I'm making X amount of dollars. I have this many years experience. This is where I live. Am I in the right pay grade? And you're like, yes or no. Or, you know, get that money. Yes. Go for it. Or you're like, dude, get out of there. They are undervaluing you. And that's yeah. solid advice that most people don't feel comfortable giving because they, you know, again, you're anonymous. So, you know, you can say what you want. Right. Um, I actually wish that when I first started my career in insurance, people would have been like, yeah, you're, you're woefully underpaid and you should look for something else. Or this is how you go for it. You give great advice to kids about learn your policy language, read the actual mm -hmm. paper. That is great advice. You cannot bullshit your way through that. You have to know nope. the language. And talking about pay gap, though, this is this interview is a setup because you're going to come back in April with a yeah. load of information where last year you did it a little bit where you discussed the pay gap primarily with women, people of color, and um, how little they are paid in comparison to their counterparts who happen to be white men. And I found that intriguing because so, I think it was some woman Oh, I'm going to hypothetically say like 10 years experience and making $45,000 a year. And is that a good salary? And you're like, no, 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 no that wasn't. Yeah. There, there was a lot of, it's probably closer to like 60, but there was a lot of, you know, I've been doing this for seven, eight, nine years and I'm making 65,000, you know, 70,000. And it would be in a very high cost of living city. And even when I would talk to that person kind of offline after like, you got to get out of there. Yeah. They, well, you know, I don't know, you know, I love my team. And it's like, okay, well, it, it's, th this is why this year when we do this or early next year, I should say, uh, we want to collect the information in a different way, which is we'll still do the publishing the stories and kind of the rapid fire that we did. Cause that was fun for everybody. But I think it, it, th there was a downside to it in the way that I did it last time in that one people brought it to their bosses. First of all, their bosses were probably following. And they were able to just wave it off and say, oh, well, you know, you don't know where that person lives. You don't know this because there was, there was so little information given. It would just say, oh, 10 years experience. I work at Chubb. I make this. 
So a person in a small or lower cost of living city might have seen someone in New York and gotten the wrong idea. So I want to collect the information like with all the, the different parts of the context, you know, what city to live in, how much experience do you have? Be honest with yourself. What was the quality of your review? Yeah. I have no doubt that sometimes some of these underpaid people are, you know, there, there could be some performance issues. I don't think everyone's a saint, you know, it, it, that's for them to be honest with themselves. And so that way, oh. when you look up, when you look up your, you know, city and age group and experience level, and you see what everyone else is getting paid, you can look up the variables. Oh, well, that person's making twice as much because I am in Cincinnati and they are in New York City. Like, at least there's possibly a reason. So you can go to your boss with hard facts. Secondly was, I was very, I, I was very worried about the younger generation seeing that, you know, and there was a couple of people who came on like, oh, I get you know, three years experience and I'm making 125 because they were in cyber wholesale in New York or something. So okay. there was kind of a fluke and it was freaking other kids out and they were talking about jumping ship. I don't really want people with two years insurance experience to run away from their job for a $10,000 raise. That's not productive. You must first learn insurance. So again, I want to make sure the information is presented next year in a way that's um, beneficial and not destructive. And I don't think it was destructive, but I do think that it allowed management to wave off the information. Oh, you don't know what that means. And um, yeah, I think more detail is, is better. I mean, I loved what you posted last time. I thought it was yeah. very um, informative. Um, I got mad at some of the disparity in page that I saw where oh, you know, yeah. some young men with a couple years under their belt were making a lot of money. And they said, you know, is this good? It's like, are you kidding me? You're rocking it. Um, and then, you know, the woman who is, you know, seven or 10 years experience not making much. And again, everyone's different, different, you know, different jobs, what they're writing, what they're doing, how their performance is. I totally get that. But it also gives them a little power for if the company says yes. you did a great job, we just don't have the budget this year because yeah. that is the biggest cop out possible. Um, oh, and that's so, really people. Yeah, it's so funny you bring that up and that that's another thing I want to go for is there there should be a law against the things that are said to you in your pay review. And also there should be a law against the things that are said to you when you try to resign from your job. Uh, mm -hmm we are all insurance people many of us are brokers or deal with brokers and we forget that we're dealing with ins very senior insurance people in those moments they're yeah. broking you so it's very difficult because you go in there you prepare all night long you're thinking about the points you want to make think that there should be more of a process when you're sitting in that room telling someone oh we're only going to give you half of the raise you want half the raise you deserve and then they give you five minutes of absolute bullshit telling mm -hmm. you, you know, oh, you know, we're tightening our belts and, and, you know, you don't know really, you know, we don't have the budget this year, like you said, and, but, you know, we really value you and you got a bright future with us. And the person just kind of, oh, okay, okay, you know, hang around and we'll, we'll revisit this conversation in September. Same goes for when you, you know, I've seen people turn down really amazing opportunities because their boss, you know, talks about, even if they can't match the salary, the boss talks them out of it. Oh, you don't want to go there and, uh, you, you know, and then proceeds to trash talk the company. You know, yeah. I've seen I've seen insurance managers talk their people out of an opportunity that's probably better for that kid, just to keep him on, so that he doesn't have to go admit to his management that he lost somebody on his team. Ah. And so, you know, we we just the dishonesty that 
there is in the industry when it comes to pay and resignation is insane and people should should stand up for themselves and keep your head on straight don't get sidetracked don't get talked out of it um uh, the one thing yeah. that i would always hate hearing about and it happened to me as well is basically when you go in and ask for a pay raise because you know you hauled ass and they tell you that you know you're being greedy and you know nobody gets this and you know you're asking for too much um you're being what, entitled what, what, I've, got, I've gotten the entitled one because i'm a millennial so i've gotten entitled before i think like, what that was a buzzword 10 years ago millennials are entitled yeah how the what like to being able to pay my rent that you know and how dare you want to pay your rent you should be in I, poverty i am so i am so into <laughs> by the way and if, i hope we do this in april the generation talk i'm oh, so yeah. into gen z like gen z is actually what they said millennials were like, oh they're entitled they just want the money they just want to make you know 10 grand more they don't care they, they're not here for the loyalty and you ask a gen z person and they'll be like yeah you're goddamn right like they're unapologetically looking for a better living and i'm here for it i I'm you know i i agree with you on that um i i give those guys credit for saying out loud what many of us have thought internally is you know it's like where's the loyalty it's like well if i die tomorrow you'll replace me in a week yeah, if you don't, you don't like shit, me anymore fire me. yeah they, they really don't care and i was talking to someone recently because I've had many situations where, you know, the job you applied for and took was not the job that you walked into. They totally changed everything on you. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody saying, you know, when you lie on your application, they'll fire you or they, they'll cut off all communication because you lied on your application. What's the recourse when you're, the person that hired you changes everything you guys discussed? Every, you know, what your role would be got completely changed on you. Right. You have no backup for that. No, like, like, I mean, it happens to everybody. Like, yeah. again, we're dealing with insurance people. So you get broke into doing something. You show up for work that day. It's nothing like what you've been told. I mean, how people leaving, people leaving, you know, good, steady companies, like even Chubb, who I love to make fun of, but okay, it's a good, steady company. Getting sucked, in, getting sucked into these insured techs who have not hired the right people yeah. to manage them. And then they lay off half their workforce. I think it was Mbroker laid off they said 12 percent of the global workforce but that's padding the numbers with you know low-cost service people overseas they probably it's probably close to like 30 percent of the american yeah. workforce and i you know i don't know for sure but they i think several people wrote in and said that they knew someone they knew people who had just gotten hired there a matter of weeks ago so you had people out there recruiting selling bullshit but your company was so unstable that you were going to have a mass layoff three weeks later. Like there, there was no repercussions for the, the, the bag of shit that they yeah. sold. And these are people, um, this isn't a number. This isn't just these a, are people. And they give three weeks severance. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's uh, un unbelievable. And, and they put a, or no, sorry. I think it was four weeks severance and they put a gag order on it. Wow. So they knew they did Which something wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's well, yeah, it's just like, like you're not even allowed to talk about the existence of the gag order, which means, of course, they all run back to their desk, screenshot it and send it to me on Instagram. And that's what we love about the hard market, because people yeah, like, stop, stop putting gag orders. If you're an employer listening to this, stop putting gag orders in your termination papers, because it really just gives them the moral high ground to screenshot it and send it to me. And it gives me the moral high ground to tell 35,000 followers that you guys did not do right by your people. And I'll, I will always do that because that's just, that, that's not right.
And that's what I love about what you do, actually. You are pulling back this veil that people have been afraid to talk about, you know, for fear of losing their job, especially about talking salary. I was always raised, and when I first started working, you never discuss your salary because you'll get fired. That is against the law. You are, there is a federal law, I think from 1932 or 1934, that protects you. You can talk your salary all day long. There's nothing they can do. You can talk about your salary all day long. And, you're, you know, the, well, you know, you shouldn't. Oh, well, you know, you don't. It's like, no, you, you have to talk about your salary. And it's also, aside from the professional pressure of, of the boomer generation telling us not to do that, um, yeah. and I say that because of the oldest generation still working, um, you know, aside from that, there's also the social pressure. It's, it's, it's just, it's uncouth to discuss money openly. You know, yeah. I think the only, the only money that I've seen people comfortable discussing is if you walk into someone's apartment in New York and say, oh my God, what is your rent? <laughs> like that, that's about the only old money question that you can ask somebody in this world. But pretty much we don't ask our friends and our family what they make. Um, we assume what they make yeah. and, and we try to make people think that we make more money than we do by buying ourselves a Rolex or nice clothes. Maybe they'll think I'm richer than I am. Who gives a shit? If we just all told each other how we're doing, I bet you the the, the people who are the wealthiest would surprise you. Um, yeah. And then we'd all have, we'd all kind of know who's being treated fairly, but they want to keep it under wraps. Uh, yeah, that is true which too. Is, which I think a lot of people get left behind because they may be uh, a woman or a person of color or somebody who just happens to be shy and doesn't like to speak up or is afraid of confrontation and just wants a quiet life, but is actually very efficient and deserves yeah. a, a better deal. There has to be justice in these situations. Um, otherwise, we can't continue to be proud of this industry. And I, I'm, I'm very, very glad you do this. Um, you are, especially let's, you know, focus on the pay gap. You know, as we said, it's women, people of color, but a lot of people with disabilities, people who are extremely yep. introverted and quiet. I mean, yep. insurance, insurance and the engineers that work age. in insurance, these are quiet people. Yeah, you age know? is a big thing. Um, yes. oh, age, em yeah. Employment gap is a really big thing. You know, sometimes women leave the workforce for 10 years because they, they were having a family and then it's hard for them to come back. It's hard or, or sometimes women were not in the industry at all and they want to enter the workforce late because they were stay at home parents. Um, you have people who had illness who were caring for families with illness. Oh, yeah. we, we don't like I, I was speaking to someone the other day who I wanted to hire. I wanted them to hire someone that I knew and the skill set of the person was almost exactly what they were looking for but the type of insured like say it was like oh you know you know yeah i guess they do energy but you know their energy work was not really pipeline it was more utility that was how much that person was nitpicking i'm like my, my god we can't broaden our criteria somewhat we're literally just going to hire laterally from competitors yeah. And, and just keep bumping the pay. Meanwhile, the supply dwindles every day yeah. and, and we don't get any new people. We don't have any new energy. It, it's it's maddening. The new energy is very important because when you have people that do the same thing the same way forever, you're not going to yeah. get new and exciting ideas. Yes. <laughs> um, and I mean, in the, in the, the, the kids that you hired from the executive that wanted the car yeah. for his girlfriend, how motivated do you think he's going to be to prove himself? Not at Whereas, all. like the kid, and I use the enterprise rent-a-car analogy, but it is literal all the time. Like you hire someone from the rent-a-car agency because they're the ones who pick you up from the airport, and the kid impresses you because 
he or she's like, you know, very talkative and, and personable. And you're like, hey, you want a job? Um, I know an underwriter in the market now, that's how she got her job. And now she's very senior. Um, those people are going to want to prove it to you. Yeah. But they didn't have an in. They didn't, they didn't, you know, and, and then you gave them one. Like, you're going to get unbelievable output if you were more creative in your hiring. Yet we still hire our friends' children. What yeah. is that? We have to give their girlfriends car money. What, what is this? It's an incestuous little circle that we're hoping to try to dissolve. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm somebody's kid. So, I mean, what, what can I say? But hopefully with the site, we can continue to poke fun at, we can poke fun at ourselves, but then also, I mean, and, and I, I don't wake up in the morning and decide that I'm going to fight the fight on gender pay gap or fight the fight on whatever. I, I really let followers tell me where to go. You know, when I started asking people to tell me about their pay reviews, it, the, the, what I was publishing spoke for itself. Yeah. And then it, it launched into, oh my God, how are we handling maternity leave? How are we handling parental leave? How did we handle the Roe v. Wade situation? How did we handle, you know, whatever other situations there might be, um, Aon shutting down internal travel? Like when something big happens in the industry, 20 people will write to me at once. Um, I do. Yeah. And then, and then it, it launches the subject matter for the day. But also, um, little digression, um, I just remember because you just triggered my memory. When women in the U.S. lost access to formula, you oh, organized yes. a whole group of people because this is an internet. Your platform is international and 35,000 yes. people for people. Of, hey, if you're traveling to New York on a business trip, pack up some formula, bring it to some people. Yeah, I don't formula. It's so cheap, too. Outside yeah, of the and, U.S. Oh, yeah, I know. I know they gouge here. It's ridiculous. But um, that was actually a really brilliant thing to offer. Just. Yeah. Um, on a, not a charitable it's not charity but it's it's just kindness that you're offering and um it's, it, know, yeah, leveraging leveraging the community and it was amazing how there, there are moments in insurance where you realize how how the community can really help each other one of them was the unfortunate situation at wizia uh where the uh guy at crc died um, which I won't get into the details but it was a, it was a big situation very very sad situation and the way the community rallied around that um and and donated took care of his wife was amazing but also just the emotional connection between yeah. the people at crc and how crc took care of itself and you know the, the nice things people wrote in about him like it was funny that a lot of them didn't really know where to go with their thoughts so i would just get memorials into my inbox saying here here is this person that i knew and here's all the wonderful things about him if you wanted to share it so i shared some of it and it's funny, there, there is a, there was a camaraderie there and it was the same thing with the formula. Like people were, you know, oh, okay, I'll help. I have 12 cans of hypoallergenic formula. I'll ship it from New Zealand tomorrow. Yeah. And to the point where I didn't have, by the end of it, I didn't have anybody to send it to because actually insurance people, you know, they're able to get their formula. They're able to ship, you know, we make enough money to kind of afford it. So what we really probably should have done is had more of a community outreach and given it to like, um, yeah. I don't know, like a food bank or something, but yeah, I mean, I've ran out of people to ship formula to. That's how many people donated. Which is fabulous. And, you know, if, if something like that happens again, you know, you now have a little experience of what to do, what not to do, what to avoid. And community engagement is always important. Um, before uh, we close out, though, you're coming back in April and you're going to have some serious data under your belt. Yes. Um, and I, and I, I've been promising this for a year, serious data and uh, I was going to actually recollect the data from 2021, but I'm not going to do that because it's it's done and dusted now. So I'll do 20, sorry, 2022. I'll I'll do it for 2023. Um, okay. 
it's mainly about getting, I, I need to find an actuary or a nerd or somebody to sort of help me because I want to collect it properly using a survey. And I want people to feel comfortable entering a lot of data, but to know that they will be untraceable and anonymous, anonymous to even me. Um, what will show me, what it will show me at the end is more of a graph and a chart and all the data compiled, not you. Cause I think wow. people will be afraid to enter. I'm 32 years old. I live in New York. I've been working at Chubb for 12 years. I've been doing this. Like you could trace that person. I'm not yeah. going to publish that data. What I'm going to publish is all the data. Okay. And I think hopefully that'll give us even more insight than we had last year. And you and I can get back together and talk about what we learned. Yeah, and I think that's the most important, especially from what we're talking social justice and, you know, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. It's important that everybody is treated fairly and equally and kind of we, we have to remove these biases that seem to exist. And it's not just insurance, it's all industries, but um, this just happens to be the industry you're focused in. But, um, you know, when when April rolls around and when you get your data, please come back. I think this is extremely important for people to know. But most importantly, guys, follow the hard market on Instagram because there is information in there. And you have funny memes, little jokes. Yes, it's great. But they're great jokes, a, Wendy. They're great, great jokes. Sorry, great jokes. Sorry. They're great. They are freaking fabulous. But the, <laughs> but the advice, if you are in insurance, whether you're starting out or you're a veteran, there is solid advice in there on what to look for, how to read a form, read the forms, people. It's not something you skim. And understand it. And quite honestly, when you have the ask me anything questions, people can ask insurance questions. What is the, why do I want to remove? What is it, the JKL? Why does that matter? You know exactly why, because you've been fighting about that for years, I, from what I've read yeah. on your page. <laughs> it's what's also, you know, sometimes I get questions about things that I'm not an expert in. And then what's really cool is I just go to someone else who is. Yeah. No, it's, so, it's, I mean, it's, it's all, it's all community shared knowledge. It's a fun, it's a fun experiment in our industry, this Instagram site. Um, so yeah, come follow it. Yeah, definitely guys follow it. And, um, I'll, I'll put a little link in the announcement when I set this out, but I thank you with the hard market for joining us today. This has Anytime. been very insightful and, um, gotta come back in April with that data. I, I told you, I told you this would last longer than 10 minutes. Oh, I know. I initially said this would be a 10 minute interview. We're like half an hour in. It's a oh, lot I know. of information. It but, happens um, a lot. Well, you know, we're talkers. What can we do? Yeah, exactly. I, I've never <laughs> been one to shut the hell up. This is, what, this is what I do. I talk to people. So thank you. I am Wendy Nystrom with Environmental Social Justice. And thank you to the hard market. Follow them on Instagram. We'll, we'll see you later. Bye.